Namaskaram. Uh, hi, Michael, Ernesto. Uh, today, the question is about pride, arrogance, and spiritual envy, and the effects they have on the sadaka along the path. Right. Um, what exactly is it uh, you want to ask about this, Ernesto, or say about it's, this? It's a question uh, of a friend. Uh, that uh, told me if it's possible we speak about that no okay um how is the 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 effects in the in the life of a sadaka who who feel the envy or the arrogance or all of that no how can disturb the the correct line of of the of the way of the path no for a, yes a serious sadaka how can disturb? How can affect? Um, what are the risks with that? How it um, arise and for what reasons? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Um, what I would say on this is, when we are trying to go within, all sorts of vasanas will rise. That is, as Bhagavan said, everything that is inside has to come out. So all the vasanas that we have accumulated in so many, uh, over so many countless lives, will um, <clears throat> will sooner or later rise to the surface. The most effective way to deal with all vasanas is to cling to self-attentiveness. Sometimes, if our love to hold on to self-attentiveness is weak. We get we get carried away by the vasanas. We get swayed by them, as Bhagavan would put it. And under the sway of vasanas, uh, we may feel pride or envy or arrogance or what any of these things. But generally, when we are following this path, the deeper we're going in this path, the the less hold these things will have on us. That is. To the extent to which we hold on to self-attentiveness, ego subsides. And with the subsidence of ego, automatically it's any pride or arrogance or envy it may have will subside along with it. So really in this path, we are cutting up the very root of all these problems. So I think Though these things may rise to the surface of the mind, I think if we're really following this path, um, these sort of vasanas will tend to affect us less. I mean, what is there for us to be proud about or arrogant about? The more we go in this path, the more we become painfully aware of our own inadequacies, our lack of love, our lack of um, our lack of true um that love means the love to hold on to our own being so we we automatically this is the most humbling of all practices because it is showing us all our own weaknesses and defects and everything so when we when we are shown so clearly our own inadequacies what room is there for us to feel any pride or arrogance and as far as envy is concerned, it's possible to feel envy about 
worldly achievements. I mean, if supposing we want to be uh, to be very rich, we may be envious of those who are richer than us. Supposing we want to be very famous, we can be envious about those um, who are more famous than us. But if our aim is to subside back within, what is there to be envious about? We we cannot see what spiritual progress others are making. So it's 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 meaning. I mean, I I can't see how we can that it is term spiritual envy. Well, if it's envy or pride or arrogance, it's certainly not spiritual. But even in a spiritual context, where what room there is for envy. I can't see it. I mean, it, it, I, I can't. I can imagine a worldly person who wants to achieve worldly things, maybe envious of those who achieve more of that particular worldly thing. They may, they, if you want to be very learned, you may be envious of those who are more learned. If you want to be successful in your career, you may be envious of those who are more successful in their career. But in this spiritual path, which is just about withdrawing and subsiding back in my heart where is the room for any envy i don't i don't see it don't don't you see in in um, in any case no uh, when you um, in the past uh, usually wrote in the in the blog with other friends mm. uh, some people that envy has this envy for your knowledge or for your comprehension no on uh, wants to stay in your place or want to to have your understanding of Agaban teachings. Uh, do you find people in this? Uh, I don't know if they, if anyone is envious of me. <laughs> they don't know what I'm like inside. They see only the exterior, and they just because that is how I'm able to explain Bhagavan's teachings. I I can't say it is it's purely by his grace, but because I I saw I remember eh, some yeah. people that when you explain something no in the blog yeah uh, for uh, the quality of uh, their answers no yeah uh, it's very very clear no that these people have uh, an anger uh, with uh, they can explain uh, some things no about the teachings or you yeah. correct. And uh, with some explanation, uh, explanation, and and they feel uh, for the the, the context you know, of their answers, mm -hmm. for the quality of their answers, um, uh, uh, hunger, no, and, and uh, with, yes, uh, but these thing, I mean, these these sort of feelings can arise only if we're okay. Supposing, supposing I'm, I, I. It is true that I have a better understanding or something. That is only an outward achievement. It, what is, but whatever I understand is of no use at all unless I can apply it in actually subsiding back in my heart. So um, just seeing that I'm more learned or more capable of answering questions, it's I mean, I can't. I can't understand how how the if someone is really following the spiritual path. I mean, I can understand envy in a, as I say, I can understand envy in a worldly context, but in a spiritual context, when our only aim is turning back and subsiding in the heart, 
there's really no room for envy. But I, I suppose it is true, but there are people who, who, who for one reason or another are attracted to the spiritual path, but aren't really following it. Um, I suppose in such a context, people may feel envy or so on, but that's not really a problem. I mean, that's, that's a problem because of not following the path. If someone is, that is, people may be, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine, people may be, um, may be attracted to the spiritual path, thinking that this is a means to gain name and fame. I mean, there are certainly people, there are many, we see so many would-be gurus, people who seek followers, who seek name and fame and everything. They are not real spiritual aspirants. They are just using spirituality for some for gaining for some worldly gain, whether it be money or name or fame or whatever it is, or appreciation of others. But that's not spirituality. As we've learned from Bhagavan, true spirituality is about turning within and subsiding back in the heart. So if if we if we are truly trying to follow Bhagavan's path. I cannot see how there can be certainly not room for for pride or arrogance because if we're really following this path, we'll be we'll be seeing very clearly how very inadequate we are for this path. Um, any true spiritual aspirant will, I mean, see any work, see Bhagavan's Akshram life. Bhagavan is there. Um, Praying from the perspective of a of a we can say a very advanced spiritual seeker. That is the state of mind Bhagavan is portraying in many of the verses is the state of mind of a very mature, advanced spiritual seeker. We will the, the more we advance in this path, the more humble we will feel, the more we will we will not see the defects of others, we will be seeing our own defects. Whatever defects we see in others, it's only a reflection of our own defects. So we'll be trying to correct ourselves and we'll be we'll be um praying to overcome our own weaknesses, our own um weaknesses means our strong inclinations to go outwards and uh, rather than to cling to self-attentiveness. So True spirituality, if we're truly following this path, it can only lead to um, subsidence and humility. I, I, if, if someone is feeling pride and arrogance and envy, they're simply not following this path. That's yeah. that's what it seems to me. That's yeah. that's how it appears to me. I mean, I don't know. Other people may have other views, but I can't in, see it otherwise. In, in my opinion, um, maybe there are some people that is trying to be uh, serious, but uh, they can because um, uh, find this problem. No uh, substitute the invite, for example, in the in their last jobs. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the invite uh, or the pride in uh, in the spirituality, yeah, and they uh, they fall they fall in a, 
in a in a temporary uh, step yeah um, because they can see how to go out of this uh, because they can uh, stop and, uh, and change and and when they try to make uh, atma bichara no yeah uh, it's, it's a case that some friends of yosoitumismo that wrote us uh, open his hearts no sometimes yeah. yes it's the case of this uh, friend that uh, um asked me no for we speak yes. about yeah. this topic no and uh, he said that he can't uh, avoid to try to be uh, like a professor like a teacher <laughs> um, when uh, when we say something no and yes. when he saw some videos of us mm. and he feel a pain in his heart because he has has a, a, a mix of love uh, and admiration uh, admiration mm. uh, carlos is yeah. admiration mm. uh, mix it with um, in by no and he wants he told me with very very sincerity no he said yeah i'd like to to be in the place of you or or michael uh telling about the bhagavan's teachings yeah. uh, i i can uh, stop this pain in my heart uh and this desire but in the other way i feel love for you uh, i have admiration for what you are uh, uh transmitting uh, um I only can say to him, uh, you try to look who is this I that uh, yeah, feel yeah, that and, yeah. and go inside of you. Yeah. This is what I said at the beginning. That is all sorts of things, all sorts of vasanas will rise to the surface of the mind. But if we are following this path, um, it's, it's the it's the more subtle vasanas that have a real challenge. Generally, overcoming things like pride and arrogance and envy, these are, it seems to me, these are the first problems we will, um, I, I don't say none of us have overcome these things uh, completely. We may think we are free of pride and arrogance, but still we, we all like people to say nice things about us. We, we, we people say uh, appreciate us uh, we, we feel good about it if people say something bad about us we feel bad about it but we need to see these things this is not these are problems within ourselves so we can tackle these problems only by going more and more within why why should we expect anyone to appreciate us if we the, the more we follow this path the more we we um, we see our own uh, shortcomings. So when people may say bad things about us, we may we should be thinking to ourselves: they know nothing. They are seeing only the surface. What's underneath is so much worse. So we we should always be turning back towards ourselves, seeing. Uh, I mean, of course, we're not to dwell on our own defects, but we 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 cannot if we are following this path. Bhagavan used a beautiful analogy in uh, Aksharam like Mukila Mungatu Mukha Be not like a mirror held before a noticeless man. Uplift me and embrace me. If we are following this spiritual path, 
this spiritual path is like a mirror helper for a noseless man. That the more we try to go within, the more we 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 see our own shortcomings, our own um, our own lack of love, our own um, our own uh, earnestness in 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 clinging to self attentiveness, our own lack of earnestness in clinging to self attentiveness. So we cannot follow this path without feeling like Bhagavan expresses in that verse, feeling like this path is 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 like a mirror held before a noseless man. It's showing us all these defects. We come here to know what we actually are, to know ourselves as as uh, as infinite eternal Satchitananda. But along the way, we have to see all the shortcomings of the individual whom we seem to be. So this this path is a uh, if we're truly following this path, it is an unfailing recipe for gaining humility. If we really want to be humbled, we should try to turn within, because then only we will see we, we, we will see how worthless we are. So anyone who is truly trying to follow this path will automatically be humbled thereby it, that's 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 my experience and that seems to me to be the only way it can be i mean there may be some people who think i am following my path is a superior path and everything but if they're true if they're thinking in such a way they are they are not truly following this path. If we're truly following this path, we become more and more humble. We don't we 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 don't um envy others, we don't look down on others, we we uh, uh, we, we see whatever whatever defects we see in others, we see the seeds of those same defects in ourselves. Yes, I, we we can see the seeds maybe of pride and ar arrogance and um, and envy, but we, if we're truly following this path, these seeds may be trying to rise, but they will there'll be no room for them. They'll get no, they'll have no oxygen to thrive in or no water to thrive on, because uh, because we see so clearly our own shortcomings. Especially in the moment of truth, when we are to put this into practice, because yes, when we put it into practice, then we, it's fine if you it's when you know it all in theory and everything, you think, oh, I understand this, I understand Bhagavan, but only if we if we start to put it into practice, then we only we understand how poor our understanding is. If we really understood what Bhagavan was talking about we would have no inclination to cling to anything to, to to attend to anything other than our own being but we all know we have so much interest in so many other things we our mind jumps out with so much enthusiasm to um to attend to the world this shows that we really haven't whatever understanding we have of bhagavan's teachings is still very very superficial So we that is following Bhagavan's path gives though it may churn out all the vasana, the, the seeds of those, the, the vasanas of of 
pride and arrogance and envy and everything. There's no, if we're trying with even an, the, the slightest sincerity to follow this path, there'll be no room in our heart for these uh, vasanas may be there, the vasanas may rise up, but there'll be no room for these vasanas to thrive. Mm -hmm. yeah, especially also there are so many ups and downs, like uh, maybe you gain some clarity and you deepen a little bit some uh, some part of Bhagavan's teaching, but then yeah. next day it's like it, became, it becomes very... <laughs> Offensively, exactly, exactly, exactly. Don't are incapable of. Yeah, and, and those what, moments are very. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you can you cannot uh, put aside. Look, look, look aside. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, yeah. True. I have to be realistic, as you said. Yeah. It's uh, it's very 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 hard to put. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to understand Bhagavan's teachings conceptually, but. To put that understanding into practice, when we put it, when we try to put it into practice, then only we understand how superficial our understanding is. We may have understood the concepts correctly, but it's still a superficial understanding because we, if we have really understood it, if we really knew it is harmful to us to attend to anything other than ourselves. We wouldn't attend to anything other than ourselves. The, the fact that we are attending to other things is because we're still seeking happiness in things other than ourselves. So we haven't even understood, we haven't, we haven't truly understood even the most basic teaching of Bhagavan, but there's no happiness in anything external, anything other than ourself. Happiness is our own real nature. There's no happiness in anything other than our own being. Mm -hmm. That is the, 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 the difference that I think you are explaining, no, is the difference in the, between the understanding, superficial understanding, yeah. and integration, a real integration yeah, yeah. of uh, the profound meaning of all yeah. these words, no? Yeah, and this is a is a is a way, no? It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. way. So. Understanding Bhagavan's teachings conceptually is necessary because if we don't understand correctly, we're not going to practice it correctly. But the conceptual understanding is only the beginning. The real understanding is the deep inner clarity where we can see these things clearly for ourselves. If we could really see clearly for ourselves that happiness lies only within us and not in any other thing, our mind would go only within. The fact that our mind is still going outwards means we still haven't we still don't have sufficient clarity to see that there is no happiness whatsoever in any external thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and, but, but vasanas are there for all of us. It's, we, and it's inevitable that these vasanas rise. But as I say, if we are, if we are, with even the slightest sincerity trying to follow this path, though those vasanas may rise, there'll be no room for them to thrive. That is a slight feeling of pride, arrogance may arise, and the next moment we think, oh, 
how foolish I am. I I know how 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 worthless I am. So how do how is there room for me to to even begin to feel pride or arrogance? Mm. And and sometimes is isn't is not um um so complexity how too many people think that you must to make all the ritualists of uh, Atma Vichara uh, asking you, you know, when you begin to have this uh, slight uh, disposition no mm. to retire your attention from the vasanas who arise yeah uh, you begin to stay in the presence uh, of I am yeah maybe a little at at, at first no yes. But this this part of the job, no, that yeah. is retire your attention of yeah. this temptation, yeah, uh, to 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 uh, s s continue looking for this vasana and yeah. try to stay a part of that and stay in the silence in you. Yes, yeah. is is more that uh, than too many people think, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you say, it's this is very very simple, and if. We we may not be very good at clinging to self-attentiveness and subsiding within, but at least if we've understood Bhagavan's teachings to any extent at all, the enthusiasm to run out to, to will be greatly reduced. So we may not be very successful at subsiding within, but at least we the 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 grosser effects of our vasanas will be reduced. The vasanas are still there, but, but they, they're losing their strength. So we are not able to rush outwards with the same degree of enthusiasm that we did before. The world still seems to be real, but it doesn't seem as real as it did before. Um, there still seems to be happening sources of pleasure outside, but they don't seem so real. So, so they, 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 we we are less convinced than we were previously that we can achieve happiness in anything outside. So there is, that is, we cannot follow Bhagavan's path without these without these subtle effects happening. So it may seem to us we're making no progress. We are not. We don't have sufficient love to turn within and to subside back into the heart. But if we are, if if we really have even the slightest inclination to follow this path, that will, that will, um, how to say it will, it will counterbalance any enthusiasm to run outwards. So the. Um, Yes, we still have some desires, we still have some attachments and so on and so forth. But somehow these are far, far less strong than they were in the past. They have far less impact on us than they had in the past. And I think also the maybe some people, if they don't understand the implication of Bhagavan's teachings correctly, uh, to some people, the words can be very deceptive. And people, yeah, some yeah. people may think that, okay, so Michael must practice what he preaches. I mean, <laughs> I, you would say I that. I wish, I wish. <laughs> 
Just like you think that a therapist or a psychologist you go to, <laughs> they must, I mean, they must be psychologically healthy and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, a, or a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Make mistakes or whatever. O often the psychologists are those with the most psychological problems. <laughs> so I'm, I may appear very good at preaching. Unfortunately, I'm not so good at putting what I preach into practice. Of course, I try. I have some aspiration to do so, but I, I have to be honest. I, I feel my, uh, my aspiration and my, uh, my. Uh, sincerity in putting this into practice, my love to put this into practice, to me at least, it seems to be hopelessly inadequate. All of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think anyone who's really following this path. I think it's the most recurring question that you people ask you. I mean, <laughs> it's how uh, I, because the, each one each one thinks that you are the they're the worst. Yeah, 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 yeah. How can anybody else be worse than than I am? You know. <laughs> if if we don't think we are the worst, we are not following this path. I don't know if, if talking about the what you said about happiness before. Uh, I don't know if we can use it, this analogy. Obviously, it's going to be imperfect. <laughs> but uh, let's say that if uh, a person who likes some kind of food at some restaurant, yeah, and they go to that restaurant, but the waiter there is there is only one waiter there, and, they, and he's very rude and very uh, hard to deal with. Yes. So sometimes when this person goes to the restaurant, sometimes they he's treated very, very bad, very rude. And sometimes even if he's ready to pay for the food, the waiter won't give him the food and uh, put him out of the restaurant, etc. But if this person comes to me and uh, complains each time that he's kicked off the, <laughs> from the restaurant, I would say, well, don't go there anymore. I mean, who, yeah, who is yeah. forcing you to, to go there? Yeah, yeah. We can compare our our foolishness with yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sense. yes it's like we're going hitting our head against the wall time yeah. and time again and we still go to to the same place yes yes we are very slow to learn from our lessons <laughs> we we need to be burnt many times before we learn not to touch the fire. <laughs> A wise person, they touch, they feel the fire once and they never touch it again. But we are such fools, we keep on. <laughs> Maybe there's something in that fire that I can get. <laughs> but we burn ourselves every time. Mm -hmm. Such is the nature of uh, seeking happiness in anything other than ourselves. So we, if we are truly following this path, we 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 will feel ourselves to be the worst, but at the same time, we will be able to see the greatness of Bhagavan's teaching, the greatness of this path, though we may be following it only to a, a fraction of an extent, how much benefit there is from this, from following this path. That is, even if we surrender ourselves, even to a, a slight extent, the, the, 
where freedom of being relieved from a burden is so great, even for that slight surrender, how great will be if we were able to surrender ourselves completely? So um, we, people often, people sometimes say, um, you've been following this path for so many years, but you you say that you you you're. I mean, what what benefit have you got? Have you have have you attained self realization? Then, if you haven't attained self realization, why should you believe this path is going to lead you to self realization? Forget about self realization. Just the very, even though we're not following this path adequately, even to the slightest extent of following this path, relieves us of so much burden. Our lives are, uh, uh, I would say, anyone who's following this path, we, we, we're not, of course, we, none of us are perfectly happy, but I think we, we're happier. We, we, we will be able to see, but we, were much, we, we are much happier than we would have been if we had not been at least attempting to follow this path. If we had not, if we had if we had not understood Bhagavan's teachings, even to the slight extent we had understood them, if we had not tried to put them into practice to the slight extent we have tried, how much more miserable our life would be. We we will be able to see that clearly. So th this path is um is self-validating. Even if even if even if we are not following it very successfully. Even the, even the slightest extent of following this path will convince us that this is the way. This is the there there cannot be any better way than this. I don't know if what I'm saying is clear. It may not. I'm not. I'm not it's difficult to express what I'm saying, but I I think um, it's, what I'm trying to say is that we, on the one hand, this following this path will show us our defects, make us more and more humble, and make us feel, as you say, we're the worst of the worst. But at the same time, it will it will reveal to us that following this path is the only way to overcome all these things. And even a slight effort made in this path has so much yields so much benefit. Not not in a gross sense. It's, the benefit is a very very subtle benefit, but we can. It, it's it's subtle, but it's still clear to us. The benefit I'm talking about is the benefit of the relief from the burden of 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 concern about anything other than our own being. Of course, we are still concerned about those things, but even if that concern is reduced to a slight extent by following this path, we can see that clearly. I don't think any of us would change that small percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we are following this path for yeah, 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 yeah. Whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Just like it's, as you say, in and of itself, it's, it's a reward. It's, it's, uh, yeah, yes. It's a yeah. This path is its own reward. That's why I say forget forget about self-realization or annihilating the ego. That's leave, leave that. That's Bhagavan's concern. At least if we can try to some small extent to follow this path, we are thereby immensely benefited.
no, no other interest in that uh, staying in a yam, no? No, yeah. I mean, we, we, we all have so many other interests, but we, we will see more and more clearly that none of these other things we may be interested in, none of these yes. other things we may have taste for, we may have inclination towards, none of these things are truly satisfying. Hmm. True satisfaction can be found only by subsiding within. Or living, no? The insatisfaction, very crude in in the life yes uh to because sometimes no is the suffering what impulses us no yeah uh, yeah yes I, i don't know if with your um uh, recent uh, problem in the back no that you yeah. uh, feel if this increase the bichara in you sometimes. i i can't say i can't say definitely but but it does show me very clearly that when i when we're in pain or something that shows us how how foolish we are to cling to this body with so much attachment i mean sometimes illness and ailments and so on they can they're very very powerful reminders that's why it, it is if we are ill that illness is given by bhagavan for our own benefit it, the, the whatever difficulties whether ill health or any type of difficulty we face in life they're all That is all Bhagavan's grace. He's giving us those difficulties in order to show us the the being the the unavoidable shortcomings of embodied existence. So long as we rise as ego, cling to this body as I, we have to suffer all these things. We have to suffer bodily ailments, illnesses, and so on. Um, we, we, this this body is always liable to accidents and things that can cause so many problems it's liable to get um, all sorts of diseases i mean this is just the nature of the body and so long even if we are um, fortunate to have reasonably good health still life has so many other problems we've got to pay the bills we've got this problem we've got that problem relationship problems uh, life is full of problems so um And all these, that is, whatever difficulties we face in life, if we are, if we are really have a liking to follow this path, all these difficulties will be reminding us of the defective nature of ego, of a, of embodied existence, and mm -hmm. so it will be encouraging us more and more at least to try to cling to self-attentiveness at least to try to surrender ourselves at least to try to accept whatever may happen as Bhagavan's will for our own good hmm. uh, uh, before you you mentioned fire no? yes and uh, suddenly come to me the the memory of Radha I, I don't know if you Uh, you you knew her, her this devotee of Bhagavan um, that uh, they say that she commit uh, suicide by burning herself to death no oh I didn't hear about that you, no. is, uh, there is a channel in YouTube uh, oh. it's called Ganges yeah. with too many videos of Papaji no and yeah. uh, there are some video of this woman yeah. Uh, Whose name is uh, which name is Radha, 
is in the indie yeah and uh, um i i hear and 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 read that she uh committed suicide uh, mm. burning himself at, at gonzo style no yeah um and the um, the friends of her told that is for love to Bhagavan, no i don't want to live more how this body i want to um what what's your opinion about the possibility that someone uh, wants to stay uh, in the in the in the braces of love, and I don't want to this body more. I I I would say that is lack of lack of um, lack of discrimination, lack of viveka. Bhagavan has said regarding some people do physical austerities in the name of spirituality. Uh, uh, Bhagavan said that is like if a person has done wrong, beating the chair on which they're sitting. The chair is not at fault. It's the person who's sitting on that chair who's the culprit. Likewise, this body is not at fault. There's nothing wrong with this body. The problem lies in us as ego, but we identify this body. I am this body. So if we if the suicide that is required is not bodily suicide, because that's 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 um, misidentifying the culprit. The, the cause of our suffering is not this body. The cause of our suffering is our identification with this body. That which identifies itself as I am this body, that is ego. So we can be, we can free ourselves from embodied existence, not by killing body, but only by killing ego. Whereas if you kill the body, that's just the ending of one dream. Another body will come, another body will come. There's no end to it. So that is that that is lack of um lack of uh true understanding of what Bhagavan's teachings are about. It's not this body we it's it's not we we can't solve this problem. Us what what is separating us from Bhagavan is ego, not this body. We can't unite. We can't merge back into Bhagavan simply by killing this body. What we need we need to kill ego, the one who's who who takes this body to be itself, the one who is identified, who has abhimanam for this body, who has identification and attachment for this body. Mm -hmm. I, um, I I think that I mean that that story you said about that lady Radha that sounds very sad because that to me is um, that shows someone who sadly failed to understand what Bhagavan's teachings are about. Bhagavan has given us this body for a purpose. This body may cause us all sorts of troubles. But the, 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 the troubles that are given by this body are troubles given by Bhagavan who has given this body. In order to help us to give up our attachment for this body, we can't give up the attachment for the body simply by killing it. Mm -hmm. we, we, we can give up attachment to the body only by investigating who am I who am attached to this body and thereby eradicating this ego. 
and I, I absolutely agree with that. No, yeah, but it, it's a curious history of this the one this lady. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, it it happens sometimes. People, um, people do. Uh, in the name of following the spiritual path, people go astray in so many ways. But what one thing is sure, Bhagavan will say, I mean, that, that Lady Rider may have made a mistake in killing that body, but Bhagavan will not leave her. Bhagavan will certainly save her. So um, in a sense, even to say it's sad, this is something that maybe that was something she had to go through to learn a lesson and... Um, in the next life she'll be she'll have a greater degree of clarity but uh, but we, we shouldn't blame the body for our problem the problem lies in us in being attached to this body hmm. so we shouldn't seek to punish the body we should seek to punish the eye that is aware of itself as i am this body um... and we can punish that eye only by clinging to self-attentiveness and thereby subsiding back within. Yeah. Because ego, what ego likes, the ego likes nothing more than to rise and jump outwards. So if we want to punish this ego, cling to self-attentiveness and thereby subside back within. Um, in other Deny way, the ego nature. Yeah. <laughs> in other way, Michael, um the last uh, sunday you remember no um um you speak about the um, the false consciousness that chidavasa yeah yes, uh, yes represent yes. no yeah and how is a mix no of bodies yeah. with yes. Uh, yes. Sachit. but it's like a, a water for example no with this analogy no you yes. take a little water with a uh, Barro. Barro, I don't know, is barro in, in English. Mud. Sorry? Mud? Mud, mud. Okay, mud. yes, yes. Mix, no? Yeah. This is not a pure pure, uh, pure water. It's not yes. pure. Yes. But it's, it's water. Yes. In, in the case of Chiravasa, this mm. mix yes. has the the, um, the Satchit, the pure Ayan. Yes. But is mixed with yes. uh, Mark, no, with uh, yeah. Bar. Yeah. Okay. Mm, it's like the uh, Sadwom's analogy of the ray um, when uh, in the mirror, no, the light yeah. of the sun yeah. goes from the mirror outside, no. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this this light is not a real light, but it's a, a expression, no, yeah, a reflection, yeah. no, of that, yeah. no. Yeah. In, in in that way, um, um, conform this uh, a, a, a person begins to attend himself as this ray of light. Yes, yes. The, the light mix with the uh, adjuncts. No. Yes, yes. This humble, this all these um, the qualities of of love of yeah. what is really are yeah. begins to appear yes. in the in the personality. No. Yes, and it is how this light begins to be more, more, more similar to the light of the sun. Yes. Meanwhile, we are letting go uh, yeah. all uh, of the adjuncts of yes. what it's. Yes. Did you see how I explain? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And and you are you accord with that, or you want? Yeah, to... Yes, yes, yes. I mean, no analogy explains this. 
can explain this perfectly. But yeah. both the analogies you've given, muddy water, yes, it, 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 it is, there is, as Bhagavan often said, there's only one eye. That one eye in its pure condition, that is what we actually are. Ego is that same one eye, mixed and contaminated, conflated with adjuncts. So this is the, we, we, we can say pure eye and impure eye. It's not that they're two eyes, it's the same eye. It's because of the, the impurities that this eye, the eye, eye is ever pure actually. But, but so long as it seems to be mixed with the, so long as we conflate it with the impurities, it seems to be impure. And in this way, for example, when we say, who is looking the phenomenal? Yeah. Who is looking? And yeah. sometimes uh, you, Carlos, and me say, no, it's ego. No, because what, what our pure consciousness don't see anything. It's pure yeah. being. Okay. But uh, if the component of Chidabasa, mm. the pure component of Chidabasa is I am, is a yes. pure business, is pure being, uh, um, you can see the phenomenon um, if you are more attend yourself of a presence. If you are with a, your open eyes looking for a tree, for example, but you are very, very attend to yourself and not attend to yourself as a body, as a person, etc. You are more in the real component of Chidabasa, more established, you know, in mm. what we really yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yes. And in, from that, we can't say that is not ego because uh, ego is um, is there. Meanwhile, yeah, yes. Manonasa don't yes. uh, destroy, yeah. annihilate this yeah. ego. But you are in, you are more in the real aspect of what yeah, we yes. really are. Yeah, yeah. That is that is the efficacy of Bhagavan's part because we that is in in. When we are practicing self-investigation, we are holding on to the chit element of ego. And to the extent to which we hold on to the chit element, the jada element will, uh, will slip off. I will often use the term that means slip off. Um, because the jada element, that is the adjuncts, are not holding on to us. We are holding on to them. So if instead of holding on to the adjuncts, instead of holding on to the names and forms, the perceptions, the, I mean, obviously the first form we hold on to is this body, and then we're constantly holding on to so many other things. Instead of holding on to all these things, to the extent to which we hold on to ourselves, these things will slip off. So during the course of practice, we will still continue to be aware of the world and everything. But though we continue to be aware of the world, to the extent to which we are looking within and holding on to our being, the world will... It's very difficult to put it in words, because as soon as we try and put it in words, it, it, it suggests something else. But the world, we can say, the world still appears real, but it's less real. The world still appears attractive, but it's less attractive. It's it's somehow it's it's losing its hold over us to the extent to which, by Bhagavan's grace, we subside back within. 
but it will lose its hold on us completely only when we merge yeah. back in the source. Yes. Until I, I, then, the world, the body, all these things will 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 persist. We will still mm-hmm. seem to be, I am this body, but it will have, of course, it's we are holding it, it's not holding us, but to, to put it in a metaphorical way, it will have less hold over us, in, which really means we will have less attachment to hold on to it. Yeah, I, I take this for the conversation because, uh, you know, no, sometimes uh, there are people mm. that uh, only see the black and the white, no? Or you are yeah. absolutely attend to yourself as I am and yeah. don't look the the world, yeah. or or you are looking to the world involved in in all of that, no? Yeah. But the the ways um, uh, bit by bit, no. Yeah, try yeah. I mean while you are working or you are uh, walking or similar yeah trying to sleep for the world and yeah. wake up for yourself you know yeah. increasingly yeah. Huh? yeah ultimately it is black and white either we're attending to ourselves or we're attending to other things but the process of, process, of yes. detaching ourselves from these things and returning to merge back in our source that is a process that is in in the course of that process but the, the it's it's yeah it's not it's not black and white in the sense that some people may think it is mm-hmm. sometimes you uh, fall no? in yourself yes. absolutely uh, yes x time but the other time of the of the day, you are yes. progressively, no? In yes. So. Mm-hmm. There was some question I was asked on one of the comments on my blog a few days ago. Someone asking, I don't know whether I've noted it down here. We'll give you um, an opportunity to your blog to open the comments again, Michael. I'm not blog, but not blog. Sorry, I keep on saying blog when I mean the YouTube channel. I get comments on YouTube channel. Yes. One one of them recently um, um, <clears throat> someone wrote, I think this was actually just just yesterday, someone wrote a comment on one of the videos. Um, it is said that our attention is to be on the fact that we exist, I am. Yet, can I not be aware that I exist, I am, while also knowing the sound of the passing car? The answer to that, yes, of course. We, but that is, we, if we, if our whole attention was absorbed in our being, we would not be aware of anything else. But that is what we are moving towards in the, during the practice, we still, we, we, we haven't, because our attention is not so totally absorbed in our own being, I am, we still continue to be aware of other things. So naturally, in the process, we the world doesn't cease to appear until ego is eradicated. But the more we the more we attend to our own being, to I am, and the more we thereby subside into that, the less, the less, um, the less we will be concerned about the sound of a passing car, the less we will be concerned about any phenomenon in this world, the less we will be even concerned about our own body. Because of course his body, it's here now, but it's going to go one day. So we'll we'll be less and less concerned about these things, less and less um 
the, these things in, a, in, in some way which can't be expressed very clearly in words, these things will appear less and less real. They still appear to be real, but not as real as they did previously. When you said black and white, and it's because, uh, well, the knot is made up of cheat and jada. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're looking away yeah. from cheat to jada, but, you're but, trying to, to attend to cheat. Yes, but so long as we're bound by this knot, we are trying to to move more and more towards the chit element. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 the more we hold on to the chit element, I am, the, the more the jada element will, will, will have less hold over us because we'll be holding it less tightly. Eventually, when we merge back in the chit element, mm -hmm. which is our own reality, when we merge in that completely, when ego is annihilated, then we are completely separated. Then all Jada comes to an end. Because mm -hmm. Jada doesn't actually exist, it merely seems to exist. That's why it's so long as it seems to exist, it seems so real, but actually it has no reality whatsoever. Mm -hmm. yeah, like ego seems to be there where, where we are looking away from ourselves. Yeah. yeah. As long as we are looking within, it's ego subsides. So yeah, if anyone has ever seen anything called ego, please put your hand up. <laughs> Nobody has ever seen. We. It's only when we don't attend to ourselves that we seem to be ego. The more we we turn within, the, the clearer it becomes that there's no such thing at all. It's like all him. that actually is there is the pure awareness I am. But to see that clearly we have to persevere in this practice for as long as it takes. We get some inkling of it on the way, but it becomes perfectly clear only when ego is eradicated. And in order to eradicate ego, we need to persevere patiently and persistently in this path. Uh, I have one other question, Michael, about uh, verse, paragraph six. In Nanjar, yes, Bhagavan says, You mentioned it on last Sunday. Vigilantly, as soon as each thought appears, if one investigates to whom it has occurred there, uh, by thought, he obviously he, he means uh, as soon as the, the Vasana sprouts. Yes, yes, They're all thoughts, all phenomena are the sproutings of the Vasanas. Yeah, exactly. So the, soon, the sooner the better. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not that you have to wait for a thought to... to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're rising constantly, as, as he says in the 10th paragraph, mm -hmm. though the Vasanas rise in countless numbers like ocean waves, so they're rising all the time. Even when we're trying to cling to self-attentiveness, they're still rising. Mm -hmm. It's just if we're holding firmly to self-attentiveness, we don't get carried away by them. And... Mm -hmm. um... Uh, Michael, I have um, a little and uh, short um, declaration of a same master. No, mm. um, uh, I like to know your opinion and Carlos' opinion. No, about that. No, right. He say before a particular thought or expression could fully form, the knowing essence simply let go. 
causing mental formations to dissolve into nothingness. Eventually, the detached nature of the mind's true essence became so all encompassing that the multitude of conscious expressions failed to take hold, dissolving before its still potent immanence. At that, at that stage, a Maiji quotes mine, this is the name of this Zen master, Maiji quotes mine resembled a, a battlefield where the forces of conscious existence were pitted against the all embracing essence, which encompassed everything but retained nothing. As profound emptiness constantly dissolve countless forms of emerging existence, the mind's knowing essence gained the upper hand, increasing in brightness and purity. Conceptual activity consists of naturally occurring mental phenomena that arise and cease spontaneously. These phenomena possess no awareness of their own. The awareness that knows them is the mind essence, the knowing nature that permeates everything. The mind is basically non-dual. It is just one vital reality. The flow of consciousness from the knowing center creates the illusion of duality, of inside and outside, of nowhere and known. And I, I read you that because, for example, Rupert Spira, that you know in the, in the line of Atmananda, usually take the real aspect of uh, Chitabasa yeah. to say that our real nature per, per, permea, como es, Carlos? Permea. Permeate. Per, permeate or permeates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the body. Um, and the war, no, mm, and you will find the vastu aporul in all the apparent forms, no, and it's necessary to realign uh, your body, mind, and the world with your real nature, no. Mm. What what's your opinion about all of that? we cannot see our real nature in everything without first seeing our real nature in ourself. Mm -hmm. When we see our real nature in ourself, what sees our real... Okay, let's, instead of real nature, let's use the term pure awareness, because that is, pure awareness is our real nature. Mm -hmm. We cannot see pure awareness in other things without first seeing pure awareness in ourselves. Of seeing ourselves as pure awareness. When we see ourselves as pure awareness, what sees ourselves as pure awareness is only pure awareness. And in the view of pure awareness, there is nothing else. So Bhagavan has clarified that is the way it's expressed in many, many older texts, it is said all this is all this is Brahman. That's how it's expressed in Upanishads and so on. In Buddhism, they have their own way of expressing it, but it amounts to much the same. 
it is true, ultimately, Brahman alone exists. So whatever appears has to be only Brahman. But there's an important middle step that Bhagavan has highlighted. As he says in verse 26 of Uludhanaptu, if ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. Ego itself is everything. So what, what permeates all this is ego, because it's only, all this appears only in the view of ego. None of these phenomena that we see have any existence independent of ego. If we turn our attention within to see our own reality, ego will merge into that reality, into that pure awareness I am, and everything else will merge along with it. So the, the substance of all phenomena is ego. The substance of ego is Brahman, our pure, pure awareness. But if you miss that middle step, then there was something in that passage you read from the, the, the Zen master. A lot of it seemed to be coming very, very close. But one thing he said, it's the mind essence that is seeing all this. The mind essence there means ego. That is what is actually seeing all this is ego. But what is the essence of that essence? What is the essence of this ego? That is where we need to go. So when you were reading that passage, certain things seemed to be correct. Certain things, it wasn't very clear to me, well, how deep his understanding is. I mean, there's certain amount of truth in what is said there. But it, I, it's difficult to, if, if I were to read it more closely, I would maybe be able to see, but still, it's, it's always difficult when people express things to understand how deep their understanding is. Yes. And also, about the practical thing, he's, there's something there towards the beginning about letting go. How can we let go? of things other than ourselves, when the very nature of ego is clinging, how can ego let go of things? The only way to let go of all other things is to hold on to our own being. Ego, ego has to hold on to something. The, the, the only way to get rid of ego is instead of holding on to Things other than ourselves, which is the, the, the norm, which is the nature of ego, we try to use this ego nature of clinging to cling to our own being rather than to anything else. And that is how ego will be destroyed. So, merely saying let go of these things is not a very practical um, instruction. Yes, of course, we've got to let go of all these things, but how can we let go? We can't let go by just imagining I'm letting go. The only way to let go of other things is to hold on to ourself. To the extent to which we hold on to ourselves, other things will automatically be let go of. So we won't feel I am letting go. But so long as there's an I there to feel I am letting go, that itself is a clinging. I have renounced everything. That is show so we 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 may think we've renounced everything, but we still 
not renounced the idea I have renounced. We're still clinging to that idea. So it, these are that that ego has so many subtle ways of uh, of um, of um, maintaining its own existence. The, the, the very nature of ego is to identify itself with this or with that. So the only way to get rid of ego is to hold fast to our own being. That alone will cut at the very root of ego. Hmm. Otherwise, we're going from from we, we're going from grosser attachments to more subtle attachments, but we're still attached. Hmm. Uh, in, is in it the... clear what I'm saying? Yes. 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 Yes, for for that I I detect no a very possible um, um, problem with ego no when this uh, communic communicator or Rupert Spira no? usually said uh, try to realign no your body world and mind with your true nature no yeah because. It's, it's very true what you say no first you know you you need to know who who you really are yes <laughs> and, and, and live from that no yeah yes but when for what reason uh, are you going to realign what you really are with other things that there is not you <laughs> yeah yes no if you know what you really are there's nothing to realign there's nothing that can be realigned to it because it alone exists this realign, 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 sorry, realign, realignment uh, uh, is automatically uh, from the moment that you try to stay in what you really are. Yes, yes. In, in the sense that all the files uh, slip off. No. Yes. yes. How to how to realign rising with being. The only way to realign rising with being is for rising to subside back and merge into being. So long as there's rising, it is it is um, it is not aligned with being. Because so the only way to align realign everything with being is just to be as we are. When we when we remain as we are, everything else merges back in, into our own being. Mm -hmm. But I, I think also many, many people, I think Rupert Spira, from what I've heard, he seems to make this mistake. He seems to think that that which is knowing all of this, he says it's consciousness that is knowing all of this, but he's not, he's not clearly distinguishing ego from pure consciousness. What knows all this is only ego. Bhagavan expresses it very simply, but beautifully and powerfully in verse 4 of Uludunapadu. If oneself is a form, the world and God will be likewise. If oneself is not a form, who can see their forms and how? So we are aware of things other than ourselves only when we are aware of ourselves as one among those other things. That's very black. Uh, black. Think, the thing that we take ourselves to be is this body, which is one among all these many other things. So when we when we know ourselves as we actually are, we no longer take ourselves to be the body, so we're not aware of any forms whatsoever. 
That is why Urdu-Napadu is such a, an important text. What Bhagavan makes so clear in Urdu-Napadu, as far as I'm aware, it has not been made clear in any of any any text before Uludunapadu or any any of the ancient texts. Of course, in Bhagavan's own writings, it's there in so many places. It's, it's implied in Ulu, in Nanar and other works. But in Uludunapadu, he makes it so clear. But but all of this appears only in the view of ego. If ego investigates itself. Ego will merge back in its source, and everything else will merge along with it. Hmm. This is the this is the point that Bhagavan is dinning in in so many ways, in so many of the verses of Uludunapadu. But this is not made this is not made clear in the Upanishads or the Brahma Sutras or the Bhagavad Gita. Any of those texts, there are a lot of very very useful ideas in those texts. But this crucial practical thing, but all of this. <coughs> Appears only in the view of ego. It's only when we take ourselves to be a body that we're aware of this world. Mm -hmm. That it seems to me these these neo advaitins and these other. I'm I'm not saying I I mean neo advaitins are rather um, a rather vague term. It's got no but people of of the neo advaitins. Tendency and people of uh, who try to um, to um, I, I don't know be people these people who are trying to make this path more attractive to people they they have what they seem to be failing to grasp is that the the awareness or consciousness that knows all this is not pure consciousness it is ego. And ego is not other than the pure consciousness, but it's not pure consciousness as it is. It's pure consciousness mixed and conflated with adjunct, and thereby seeming to be ego. And it's only in the view of ego that all these things exist. Mm. If you understand that, it, it simplifies things so so much, and it's also such a practical teaching. So long as we rise as ego. The world appears, and inevitably, and the mind and ego will inevitably be grasping things other than itself. The only way to cut up the root of it is to cling to our own being, or as Bhagavan sometimes said, to to investigate the source from which this I rises. The source from which the I rises is that chit element, our being, I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that missing step also the ego. Yeah, is it one of the arguments against the existence of God, for example, that how how can uh, God allows all this suffering in this world and all this? Uh, actually, God is pushing us towards Him. To, yes. 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 We we here we yeah. have put the the uh, our foot in the mud and yeah. God is yeah by giving by giving us some yeah. Uh, is just trying to to take us out from the map. Yeah, yeah. And one one more thing about it's like a naughty child 
going out and playing on the street and getting in an accident. How can my parents allow me to go out on the street and play? Your parents were telling you not to go out on the street and play. You 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 mischievously slipped out without your parents' consent. And so you got yourself into trouble. So ego is like that mischievous child. One more thing about what we uh, said about envy and uh, all that before. Uh, the teaching of Ekajivavada can also be helpful in this regard because... Oh, definitely, because there's no one else. There's, there's no one else. <laughs> no one else yeah. Who else is going to be envy? We really imbibe ourselves with that, that teaching. That is, envy will arise when we give reality to the person we seem to be, so long as we take this person to be real, all the other people will seem to be real. So if the other people have more of what we want them than, than we have, we will feel envious of them. But in this path, the more we go within, we are seeing the unreality of this person we seem to be, and to the extent to which we recognize the unreality of this person, we will recognize the unreality of all other people. That is why Ekajivavada is, it is, a, it is a type of solipsism, but it's a very, very subtle form of solipsism. Because so long as we take ourselves to be a person, yes, there are many people, we cannot deny that, and all those many people are as real as this person that we seem to be. But the purpose of Ekajivavada, as taught by Bhagavan, is for us to investigate not this person, but who is this I who is taking this person to be myself. The more we investigate this I and subside back within, the more this person we take ourselves to be will seem less real, and so others will seem less real. We can't dismiss the reality of others so long as we take this person to be real. So, Ekajivavada is applicable only to going within, but to the extent to which we apply it by going within, we'll, they, as you say, there'll be, there'll be no room for envy. And even though in... Even... Because not only will those other people be unreal, even this person <laughs> who is potentially envious of those other people, even this person is unreal. Mm -hmm. It seems like a tw twisted envy or something, because... How can ego be envy? If the ego, then the nature of ego is to attend to other things and to, to and to grow and grow abundant. Yeah. How is to be envy of someone who is subsiding? Actually, I mean, there's yeah, subsiding yeah more exactly, than I, I, exactly. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah. we don't want to subside. How yeah. can we envy yeah. if if, yes. if if we haven't subsided? It's because we don't want to subside. Mm -hmm. And regarding others, who who how can we know? To what extent others are subsiding when we ourselves uh, haven't subsided? And if we subside, we'll find there were no others to subside at all. Mm -hmm. The others rose because we rose. They rose only in our view. Mm -hmm. If ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Ego itself is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything covers everything. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, everything, everything. 
uh, others. Uh, it covers everything except the only thing that actually exists. Okay, so thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Michael, again. Yeah. Okay. Namo Ramanaya. Namo Ramanaya. <laughs>